And if you can speak to people where they relate to you, um, that's where you're really going to get that engagement from people. When you're a little bit more broad and you cast your net a little bit wider, that connection isn't as strong. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Welcome everybody to today's episode. Today we are with Munira Rabji. She is a real estate agent with Royal LePage Signature and an amazing realtor. Uh, We reached out to her because we wanted to talk all about building community and we've been watching her grow her own community. So we thought that she'd be the perfect person to talk about this. So welcome Munira. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself to start off? Yeah, for sure. I've been in real estate for, I think now five years. Uh, I had no intention of becoming a realtor, but my husband was a realtor. And of course, uh, I, I kind of got stuck into it, uh, brought into <laughs> it, but I, I'm so happy um, I did because my background is actually in community development, public affairs, so politics, and real estate is exactly that. It's community engagement, community development, there's a little bit of politics, so we can all admit uh, in that. So um, I really felt like at home, actually, um, in the real estate world. Uh, we actually live on the waterfront, uh, at actually right beside the CN Tower at Spadina and Bremner, right on the corner of City Place. We're actually considered part of the City Place community. And uh, we were in Midtown uh, for a while after we got married. And Elias was a city place guy and we had to move back. So we thought, let's choose a community where we felt we could thrive, but also build our business. Um, And after uh, kind of exploring the community and discovering this particular little pocket through uh, a client of ours who bought a unit in the same neighborhood, um, we noticed that there was this really great amenity center, the super club and totally Mm -hmm. fell in love, saw the value and started to plant our roots there. And that's how we kind of ended up where we're at. And, you know, as we moved in, we're, we're not the, we're not the kind of people that just move in and, you know, stay in our units. We're, we're huge community folks. So we started meeting neighbors and making connections and that's really how it all started. That's awesome. And as you said, I mean, you come from a community background, which is a nice segue <laughs> into all <Yeah>. this. <laughs> when you first came into real estate, though, did you come in with the intention of branching the community approach to things? Or is that that some something that's grown into your business model as you've started doing it? Actually, we started building um, from the community approach right away. Uh, before I got my license, actually, as I was studying, Elias and I built a plan around um, a community plan, really, So looking at one, what area we wanted to farm in or be in um, and how we would approach that that area uh, in terms of making connections. Um, And we actually, like I said, we started out in Midtown 
And a local community that, that we were really engaged and invested in was the Thorncliffe Park community. Um, my with my background in politics, I was actually working for the premier at the time and I was her constituency assistant for that community. Um, so we would do things like we would run citizenship ceremonies and, you know, it was just a way for us to get to know people, uh, but for also for them to get to know us. Mm -hmm. So we actually built this plan. And then, you know, as I mentioned, Elias is a downtown guy and said, hey, we got to go downtown. That's where my heart is. We didn't have to start over the plan that we created. We actually took that template and brought it down to the waterfront. Um, and one thing that's really significant is, you know, in Midtown, there's a mix of the types of uh, properties. So you have your condo dwellers and you have your, your homes. So we, you know, we were really kind of leaning towards the condo side anyways, because we're really feet to the street. That was kind of our jam working in condos. Mm -hmm. But the thing about condos is you can't door knock. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, we had to figure out um, some ways that we could reach residents, uh, we could connect with them and not in, you know, in a, in a salesy way, in a more authentic way, but keeping in mind that we can't actually go up to their doors. And I know door knocking sounds like such a, like far fetched, uh, <laughs> type of way, way of doing things. It's post, sorry, pre 2020 or 2019, where we used to actually do that. Um, but even at that time, there was no, it was solicitation to go knocking on doors. Um, so I really had to come up with a different, a similar plan in terms of who we wanted to reach and, um, you know, what messaging we wanted to give them. But now we had to kind of think about how are we actually going to reach them if we can't get up in front of them? I think that it's so, this is such a great topic because a lot of people, especially when people are first starting out, they want to be all things to all people. And it's really hard to narrow down a focus. Have you found that the folk, have you always had that focused approach or have you been tempted sometimes to kind of go off and, and try to be more um, out there with other people? Well, I'm a very focused person. I, I, I get on one thing and I want to be an expert on that thing. That being yeah. said, my better half or other half, he's better sometimes. <laughs> I say I'm better sometimes. Um, my husband, Elias, he is a big picture guy. So he has so many awesome ideas and we had so many branches and I kind of had to, you know, take a step back and say, Elias, we need to pick one mm -hmm. and trial that out. And I think the success is in niching and really, you know, finding, especially when it comes to a community, focusing on that one community and really learning about it because it's going to have so many different dynamics, demographics, and all of those things. And if you can speak to people where they relate to you, um, that's where you're really going to get that engagement from people. When you're a little bit more broad and you cast your net a little bit wider, that connection isn't as strong um, because they kind of feel like just a number type thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And your, and your knowledge is so much greater because you, it's Harborview mm -hmm. Estates, right? The, the neighborhood is that what yes. it's Yeah. Yep. Harborview Estates. Yeah. So like people have questions. I know with condos, it's like, can you Airbnb in here? What are the mm -hmm. pet rules? All of those things. Mm -hmm. And as an agent, you know where to look, but if you have all that information at the top of your head all the time, it just makes you the authority in that area, which is so helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes such a difference. It's funny, actually, 
I just uh, got an email from a resident who was asking me about lockers, you know, mm-hmm. nothing to, you know, we're just a general question. Um, and of the, the 6,000 residents at Harborview Estates, you know, he decided to ask me. Right. So it, it does, it makes a huge difference. Um, it makes a difference on the resident side, being an expert to help them, you know, with if they have real estate stuff, but then, you know, they have general questions about navigating the community, how to navigate the property managers, because we do have to respect that they are leaders in this community. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's one thing we really were careful to do is not step on their toes, be more collaborative with them and, and respect Mm -hmm. their boundaries as well. You know, so we get, I get all types of questions, but I think the thing that really helps me um, that I'm really proud of is the support I can give other realtors because Mm -hmm. I'm trying to sell my properties Mm -hmm. and I like, you know, value the buyer agents that come in and, you know, I talk to them, have conversations with them. I'm happy to show them comparables and make them understand, you know, this is Harborview Estates, one unit, you know, how it compares to another because of things are very distinctive to that community. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that I think has really helped in terms of our negotiating and building partnerships with other agents. And, you know, we've been selling out our properties super quickly. We actually just broke a record um, per square foot. Uh, So I think that all comes from the knowledge that we have yeah. And the, oppor- the, the opportunity to share that knowledge with others and help them see the value. Absolutely. No, I can't agree yeah. with that more because the, and you're so much more confident when you're speaking with people and negotiating and just negotiating the value that this residence or this community brings. Um, so I, yeah. I just think overall that that's just such an effective strategy. So going Absolutely. into how you reach out to people, um, is there, is there a certain strategy you have with that? Or are there different things that you're doing um, in order to reach the residents? Yeah, for sure. So I actually, a, a couple, so we moved into Harborview Estates. I think we've been in four years now. Okay. And, you know, you, you would, it, we're an interesting community because we're a group of five buildings that are all centered around this one um, community space, the super club, as I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of opportunities to meet people. Um, The dog park, funny enough, like I meet so many people at the dog park and, but it's still limited in terms of like the conversations that you can have and, and, and showing that you're an expert or a real estate agent, um, a realtor. So what I decided to do three years, four years ago now is I started a Facebook group. So I started a group that was very specific to those five buildings. And that's actually what I think kind of kicked off um, our, our success in making those connections and being, becoming, you know, a known realtor in the area. Um, So I started this group and I'm a resident. Right. So I started this group as a resident and, Honestly, for the first year, I think people thought I was a property manager. They, you know, it took a little <laughs> while for them to understand that I was an agent because I didn't come out like that. I didn't come out to say, hey guys, I'm your local agent. Yeah. You know, I came out and said, I am a I'm a I'm a resident. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kept that group really focused on resident issues. Okay. And, you know, I I did need to 
there was a purpose why I was investing this time and that was to grow my farming community. So what I did was I created another group that was centered around specifically around real estate in the community as well. I kept the two groups separate, but there was, there has been a lot of crossover. Um, the residence group is only open to residents. The real estate group is open to everyone. Um, and we use that group to, you know, show the listings that are available, what's sold, you know, have those conversations about what's going on in the market. Um, and, and that's kind of how I start to now be known as the local realtor. Mm -hmm. So how quickly after creating the resident only group, did you open up the Facebook group for uh, real estate related stuff? real estate? Mm -hmm. I think, I think they coincided uh, together. Okay. Like, I think we did it pretty much at the same time. Okay. Um, and so there, I actually started a couple of groups. So I have a Harborview Estates residence group. I have a buy-sell group. I have a, uh, obviously a real estate group. I also have a pet group. So I have a few groups that kind of connect together. Um, they're all, you know, different voices, uh, different approaches. Um, but I think... You, you do kind of to corner your market, you need to be able to branch out into different, look at your audience in different segments. And that's what we did and kind of try to hit those segments. That's interesting. So how, how consistent are you in those groups? Are you posting daily, weekly? So <laughs> the groups are interesting. They're very much alive, by the mm -hmm. way. Yeah. And I know there's such a strong focus on groups now um, and there's a lot of support around it. Actually, Facebook has yeah. um, an accreditation that you can do, which I'm going to, I absolutely want to take as well. Uh, mm -hmm. But when I first started, um, there weren't any kind of any rules. There were rules, but there wasn't as much support. So what I did was I drew on my community development knowledge and approached the group like I would approach uh, coming into a community as a community developer um, and, you know, how I, how I would take that on in real life and online. So I, I came out first by, you know, just putting the group together, um, starting small conversations here and there, providing value, like, hey, guys, I found this great appliance repair person or asking mm -hmm. questions in the group. So it was really casual. It didn't have like, a specific strategy to it. Um, it was more about creating dialogue and having a space for residents. So in that group, I would say that it, there wasn't consistent posting. It was more around probing and engaging people. Um, over the course of the over the course of the years, um, I've done different things with the group. So you know, when the pandemic started. Um, it became a sort a resource for news um, about what what was happening with the pandemic and how it was impacting the community. We also, when everyone was stuck at home, we used it as a platform to do contests for kids, and we had a little fox community because no one was out. All the all the you know critters were coming out, and we had a whole fox family that moved into our neighborhood. So we had a contest for it was amazing. The, the kids created like the. Uh, their own version of the Fox family and whatever medium they chose. Um, and then we had a contest and we did one for adults as well as equally hilarious and fun. Oh um, and we had prizes and giveaways. So I did invest a lot of time in it. Um, and I, I do continue to do that. We're actually going through a little bit of a transition now because 
we have Harborview, we've actually um, become a residence association at Harborview Estates. So we applied to the city of Toronto to do that. So we're going wow. through a tiny little bit of a, a, cur a learning curve right now, figuring out how to make that fit with the group and change the dynamic of the group as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say that my voice in the beginning was really around being a, a platform for the resident voices. Um, do make, encouraging them and creating dialogue was how I approached it as opposed to having a posting schedule. Mm -hmm. so that was on the resident side on the, the real estate side, we were post we, and we do continue to post once a week. So okay. once a week we gather, you know, what's for sale, what's for lease, what's leased, what's sold. Um, and, you know, consumers have that information already. Um, oftentimes, but uh, it's it's nice for you us to be able to say, you know, you can go to our group, especially people who are trying to find a rental. Um, you know, we can we can direct them to that group, and they can watch every Wednesday and see what's coming out, uh, and follow the prices and and things like that. That's great. That's awesome. So. Speaking about community, sorry, I keep looking to my right here because there's a crackling goldfish bag going on with a, with a five-year-old girl. Sorry. Oh, no. Uh, so we're, try, we're, try, we're trying to monitor sounds. I'm like trying to keep my dogs like quiet as yeah. well. So I understand. Yeah. There's stuff going on in the background. No one knows what's happening back there. I know. It's like fires that's, everywhere. That's a, that's a we look so good. chill and relaxed, but I'm like, I got dogs. Meanwhile, we're I got like, all this stuff stop going it. on. <laughs> it, it would be amazing for people who are listening to anything now to oh. just like guess the background noise. Yeah. Like, who knows what's going yeah. on over there? And like my head keeps guess going. Guess the background noise. What kind of pants, uh, if pants, are being worn? Yes. That's right. That that's right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so when you're when you're running these groups, you made mention to the fact that obviously it's about engagement more than it's about you just talking at people and talking at people and that sort of yeah. thing. Have you found that mm -hmm. through that? anybody who is engaged in the group actually becomes someone who helps sustain it if you aren't engaged like if you if you need to take a few days where you're not yeah. posting does the group kind of live on because people have become a part of it as almost co-members versus like lower on the hierarchy yeah. so to speak? you've actually hit it on the head because you mm -hmm. can't you can't take over the group with your content. And we actually re recently did a resident satisfaction survey with the group because I wanted to get a sense of how we were going to move over with this move forward with this transition. And we had been trying out little things like we had tried out a newsletter and a few different things in the group. And one of the, the blaring feedback that I got was that people liked the content they were seeing, but there were, there was too much of it. There were too many notifications. Mm -hmm. And even you guys, like you may be part of a group where you're getting too many notifications and it's not relevant. So you just drop out. And mm -hmm. that was kind of the feedback we were getting. And I have, it's a small group. It's about, I think we're nearing about 600 members. I have to take a look. And that's mm -hmm. about 10% of the community, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, it's not huge. We are getting new members every day as uh, I'm finding the newer generation. Automatically, people are starting to look out on Facebook for groups. For sure. um, but, but yeah, like I, I think that um, you have to let the residents curate it. At the end of the day, you're just a facilitator. And, you know, there was a time actually, and I'd spoken to you guys about this. A couple of years ago, I got really sick, actually a year ago, just around this time. And 
before that, I was so concerned about the group all the time. Like I had to be on it, make sure I was watching it. What would I do if I wasn't there? And, you know, and I was looking for residents to, that could help moderate, but you have to have a very certain uh, style of personality to moderate because you have to be very tactful and, you know, online, there's a lot of things, a lot of conversations get heated and we wanted to keep it really safe and a safe space for people. Yeah. And I thought I was the only person that could do this. And when I got sick, my phone, like I was in the hospital, my phone was taken away for two weeks. I couldn't even do anything in the group. So who even knew what was happening in there? You know, I was really worried about it, but no, the, the people, group members, they do take on the group as their own. So during that time, the group was still alive. They, nobody noticed that I'd gone anywhere. I used to tell people when I would go on vacation and make this big thing about it, like, please don't fight while I'm away. Like, you know, and, but it's not like that. You know, we, we do, do work really hard to make sure that, um, you know, people are being, we're still neighbors. We bump into each other in the elevator. You know what I mean? So we have to be respectful. We have to be kind. We have to be cognizant of our neighbors um, and, and, you know, we, we need to also be able to approach conversations that are going to be um, challenging, especially when people are really upset during the pandemic because they couldn't use a super club. You know, they were upset about certain things or communications, ongoing issues, you know. So I think it is going to require a, gr- a really good group requires facilitation, but you also have to step back and let people do their thing. And, you know, a a part of that is also letting other realtors do their thing. Mm -hmm. And in my group, no realtors do their thing. I don't know why, but they wouldn't be allowed because we'd move it to the real estate group. But I don't, I I would encourage other agents to participate as residents um, and partner. I've actually put a call out a few times looking for agents, you know, who want to partner in the community and do things, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I think that my group is maybe really small, so I don't have other uh, agents in the group. But I also think there's a level of respect um, when you're in a group that's being administered by another agent, you know, that's kind of their marketing thing. Um, So, you know, it's just like this code. It's kind of like a a code between each other where uh, we don't impede on step on each other's toes. Um, And and that's something that I found our group. Our group has been really respectful uh, in that sense. And that's, what's taken, you know, kind of the background work. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. How have you grown the group? I'm assuming right now it's probably more word of mouth, but when you, and, and maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but, um, as, like when you first started out, how was it that you got people to join in? Yeah. So, you know, when you're doing marketing, you can't just choose one method of marketing once, you know, you, you got to choose different approaches and be consistent. And I know we hear this from every single coach, you got to be consistent, you got to be consistent. And so true. So, you know, I had the group, but then I needed to, I think one of the things that I really felt was in the group, I wasn't able to have an identity as an agent, as a realtor, as a, a company that's investing in the community. So what we did was we did partner with the property manager. So I met, met with all of the property managers just to introduce myself. You know, not all property managers want to be collaborative, especially mm. with the real estate agent. I just yeah. happened to have this amazing property manager who 
wants to empower everyone. And he really wanted to empower me. And I think they, those property managers, they really care about the community. So I, I had pitched them an idea about a community barbecue. Um, and what I, what I supported them with was, you know, organizing the whole thing, uh, you know, raising the money, putting up our own money first, and then raising it from the community. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, Dell property managers, they raise money too, which was amazing. They went out mm -hmm. and got detailed roofing, for example. So they do roofing of all the buildings, they came out and donated, like, it, you know, having those partnerships was key. And with those partnerships, we did events. And I think those events really started making that connection. Like you can see, I have this sign so you know we the, the barbecue was presented by it was presented by a families group um so we collaborated collaborated with them it was brought to you by the super club it was brought to you by to real estate group so we we partnered and we had these events and then through the events people got to know who we were um and we also did and i don't have one here on me but I, we did these postcards Okay. And um, for, for tickets to the barbecue, we gave out the postcards and they had a little number attached to them. Okay. So we found little ways of getting our branding and our name in front of residents, but we, we put in the energy and we put in the work behind it. It wasn't just like, you know, showing up with our flyers. It was actually being like orchestrating the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, it is a little bit of a unique situation because you, you don't get this collaboration across the board and that's understandable. Like a lot of property managers do want to keep a little bit more arm's length, especially from real estate agents because they don't want to get in trouble of being favored, you know, with favoritism and all of these things. So it can be a little tricky because you always need their support and their buy-in. Mm -hmm. um, but if you, if you show them that you're doing something great for the community and you want to, you want them to be involved, um, you know, often they, they want to be a part of it too. That's great. I, I think, yeah, you're really, you're, you're talking about, even if it's not property managers, like where we are, we're in a community where it's not run that way, but there's still stakeholders and champions and partners that you can find where if you're new and breaking yeah. into a community, finding someone who the people will trust because maybe they don't know who you are yet. And on first yeah. glance, you're just another realtor, right? Mm. And building credibility through your partnerships is such a smart way to do that, yeah. whether it's through mm -hmm. like uh, who like we've talked to like MP, MPs, yeah, like MPs. elected official people yeah. or whatever, businesses, local businesses. So yeah. that's really a smart way. I mean, clearly it worked well for you, it continues mm -hmm. to work well. I mean, now people might come to you as the champion that they want to leverage to, to get into the community. <laughs> yes, so. Yeah, I mean, I'll never get into politics, but I actually... <laughs> Because what actually came out of this is I did become a name that um, community stakeholders got to know about. And my name was put forward to sit on the board of the Bentway, the Bentway Conservatory. Okay. So I'm not sure if, I'm sure you guys are aware of this project. I'll tell you about it. It's, it's mm -hmm. actually a space underneath the gardener um, that actually starts at Strawn. The Bentway starts at Strawn. Um, and it started off as um, the skating rink underneath the gardener, but mm. it's actually turned into much more, uh, it's actually an international, internationally recognized project from Toronto. So it's put Toronto on the map. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, those are the kinds of opportunities. It's, it's the most incredible board to sit on, by the way. That's and awesome. as, a, as a real estate agent and as an individual, that growth opportunity, you know, it, it far outweighs being known as, you know, the secretary of the board of the Bentway. It's more about, wow, I get to sit with these incredible, there's builders on that board, you know, and you, you make those connections. So I think it does, the stakeholders are everything. Um, your residents are a stakeholder. Um, the property managers are a stakeholder. Small businesses, um, from from doing the work that I was doing, other small pockets of communities in or groups in City Place approached me. So there's a Toronto Community Housing Building um, on Dan Leckie. Uh, they reached out to me and asked me if I would come out to some of their meetings. And you know, it's just it's part of community development. You know, once you start getting out there and connecting. You know, one person's going to introduce you to someone else, and then you're going to be picking up garbage with someone else on a garbage pickup day. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that's, that's really important because you never know um, where those connections can lead. So it, it is a broad picture. And I will say that it's been a lot of work in the sense that it wasn't just the group. It was mm-hmm. like all these stakeholders, like Daniel mentioned, that we had to engage and get on board as well. And so I think for a lot of people, they want to try something like this and it can be really, um, it, it can feel hard to get in and feel like you're not making any waves because I'm, I'm, I'm at a, I imagine it would take some time to finally get business out of what you're trying to do. Um, yeah. What advice would you give to people as they kind of look into doing this for their own business, like how much time, I mean, I know you don't want to put like a a clock on it, but I think people, it's important for people to know what is involved and how long it's going to take because a lot of people will bail before they even see any business. So what was your experience? Yeah. Yeah. Some people will bail when they start hearing the comments. Like sometimes I want (laughs) to run away, you know, it's like, what? You don't have an agent. Like how can you say that? But you know, like anything, any, any marketed marketing initiative we take on as agents, mail outs, anything, you know, it is going to take time. It is going to feel like you're a needle in a haystack, but it just takes one. You know, mm-hmm. for me, it started with one client who mm-hmm. then introduced me to another client who introduced me, you know, so I think that, and, and another thing about this is the landscape has changed since I started. When I first started, there was my group and another big city place group. You know, now there's tons of groups and a Fort York group. And, you know, a lot of agents are going to find that there are existing groups. And, you know, one of the things that's tough is it's very easy to start a group. You can start a group at this exact moment, go onto Facebook and start that group. But it's what's hard is getting the credibility for people to join that group and stay in the group. So there's a little bit of work there. And what I would say, because I I do get asked this quite a bit and I do get people who ask me to help them set up their group or give them advice. And Mm -hmm. you look into a community and there's already a group there, you know? So you want to, you want to always respect the architect, whoever kind of started out Um, And it's not always a real estate agent. It could be a community member. So for example, we have this awesome mom group uh, Mm -hmm. in our community. So what I did was I reached out to her and I said, I love your group. I'd love to be a part of it. If you're looking for someone to help you out and uh, you know, can we work together? And I think that you, you, you can take that approach. You don't always have to 
you know, reinvent the wheel. You can partner um, with someone. And I think being a moderator, people are very savvy online. They want to know who are the moderators of this group? Do I align with them? Do I like their, their lens? You know, so I think getting started is a tough part. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're, you know, starting a group that's not established um, or if there's so many groups that are established. So I think that's going to be, that's going to be where a lot of the legwork is. Um, And I would say that uh, you, you need to have something that draws people into the group, whether it's, um, you know, being connected because we're part of the same community or lifestyle. Um, but once they get in there, they also want to, they need to see the value in staying in that group because there's so many groups out there. And I have tons of people in my group who don't even post in my group. They're just what we call creepers. They're just there mm-hmm. kind of checking things out. But they're, yeah. you see them in another group and they're like all over the place posting. And I'm thinking... I wish you could, Mm. you know, I would do anything for you to post in my group, you know? So I think it's just, it's people need to feel like it resonates with them and you can't take that personal if it doesn't, you just need to keep going, keep creating opportunities for people to get involved. And that is what's going to kind of uh, build the momentum for you. Mm -hmm. That's such a great point because even if you look right now, if anybody looks at how many groups they're a part of, probably half of them you didn't yeah. even realize you joined <laughs> and yeah. they're not showing up like that algorithm is so important too. If you're not contributing and visiting that group often, that just falls right off your algorithm for Facebook. And yeah. you need to be yeah. in people's algorithm to make sure that they see you and, and know what you're talking about. So yeah, that's absolutely. Important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to invite anybody. I know um, there's some, there's a bunch of people watching on Facebook. And if anybody has any questions for Manira, she um, is such a great resource. So feel free to po- post them on the Facebook group and I'll ask them. But while we're waiting, um, let's talk about tools that you use in for your business. Like, are there any, is there anything like CRM, um, lead gen, anything like that, that is your go-to to help you grow your business? For our CRM, so we've kind of been in, um, we, we've been changing, we are going to be changing CRM. So we're actually mm-hmm. in, a, in a whole rebrand um, that we're going through. Something that we have noticed working at Harborview Estates is um, a lot of our clients are move up market. Um, so that's an area that, you know, we, we've recently discovered that that's a niche that we have. Um, and for the move up market, we got to help the downsizers move out. So mm-hmm. the move up, my, you know, move up market can move in. So we've also uh, been doing a lot of work in the downsizer market. So we're actually going to be rebranding to a place an emphasis on those two uh, kind of uh, types of uh, potential clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going through that now and we're, we've been looking at different CRMs and it's really overwhelming. There's so many out there. Um, But we've been looking for a CRM that that is going to allow us to build a sales funnel. So being able to speak to our database um, and we and all of us have so many different types of people in our database. Um, We're looking for a CRM that is, you know, going to help us manage our tasks and help us with scheduling. So I think like we had to kind of come down and figure out what we wanted our CRM to do. And now we see so much potential, you know, I think the CRM is a really, really important lead gen tool. 
When it comes to Facebook, there are lots of different ways of um, managing your database on the back end. So I, you know, it's, it's become a black hole in terms of how much information there is about the back end of socials. But I would definitely take a look at the business manager um, tool for Facebook, the ad manager, um, you know, understanding pixels. And I know I'm, I'm throwing things out there, but for anyone who's really interested in Facebook and using Facebook um, as a tool, there's lots of stuff in the back end for, you know, uh, you know, connecting with people who have visited your page or your group or, you know, mm -hmm. advertising. And I think taking advantage of a lot of those, those things are, are really crucial because now you can connect all that stuff to a CRM. Right. So uh, that's, that's where I would start with, you know, if you're using socials as a lead gen, mm -hmm. try to get to understand what's going on in the back end and what resources you have. Uh, because those will really help you in the future. That's such great advice. And I know when people are looking for a CRM, it's like there's so many options, as you said, and so many do different things. So I always tell yeah. people, start out with just a basic one. Like even if it's just an Excel spreadsheet to keep, a, keep yeah. track of your contacts. Um, and then once you build your business and you figure out where you're specializing and where you need the help, then that's when you can kind of go to that more intense um, higher end CRM that will help you with those actual tasks. Yeah, we actually, so in preparation for um, getting a CRM, we actually took all of our database and started to categorize it. So we're working from Excel sheets right now, you know, okay. really. And yeah. it's really at the end of the day, um, I think what's important is just having a database identified um, yeah. and then you can find different tools to work it, you know, yeah. but Something that, you know, even for Elias and I, it, it took us years to understand that we need to write down people's names and address yes. and email and keep even our friends like, you know, and, and yeah. it's, it's like real estate 101. It's what your broker is going to tell you from day one to mm -hmm. today is right. work your database, work your database. And it does yeah. not have to be anything fancy. It's really mm -hmm. just a contact base, you know? So I think that took me a while. I was very intimidated by databases and CRMs. And, you know, Elias is a really techie guy and he was really a proponent of it. And I, I, I started to realize that I was just thinking about it in such a big picture. I, it's simple. I just need to have an Excel sheet with everyone's contact information to start. Right, exactly. And categorizing is so key as well. Like if you can mm -hmm. tag, have tags for different people, it's amazing what content you can share with them that will actually be yeah. valuable down the road, right? Um, so yeah. like even during COVID, like we were dropping off or even like over the holidays, we were dropping off things for the kids to like gingerbread houses. And so we mm -hmm. categorized all of our uh all of our contacts that have kids and just having that at your fingertips makes it so much easier than just, you know, having to go back through your past deals and like, do they have kids? I don't remember that kind of thing. So yeah. It's yeah. 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 Um, so somebody asked uh, about more about the accreditation for Facebook groups. Can, can you, yeah. are you able to elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, absolutely. I can actually send over, I'll send you a link uh, to okay. it uh, so you can share it with the group. And okay. it's, I think it's a, it's broken up into 12 modules and there's actually 
and, and don't quote me on this. I am speaking from the top of my head, but it's different modules that you're doing. And it is like a course and you take a, a like a, an exam afterwards. Um, and there's a group that actually supports it. And um, through each module, there's a session through the group. So Facebook is really, really interested in making sure, um, you know, people understand how the groups work. And from someone who's been managing a group for years, this is so necessary. I think I've been looking for something like this for years because, you know, we have a huge impact in these groups. It's just another audience that we're speaking to. We have a bit of a soapbox when you have a group um, and we have to make sure that these groups are environments that are safe for people online and offline. Oops, sorry. My dog's okay. crazy. <laughs> Another background thing. There's yeah, that's so good. <laughs> so, um, so I think, you know, the way that I approach it, I really approach um, my group. Like I'm an ambassador of that group. I feel accountable and responsible, um, you know, for things that happen in that group. And I, I, that's why I really wanted to look, you know, invest in that accreditation. And actually it's free there's no cost for it. Wow. So That's it's just great. an investment of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed that um, Facebook is also investing in their own types of groups. I haven't looked into it as much, but they're actually spearheading. I know like in our neighborhood, there's a Harbor front group. I don't know what that's all about, but it's just growing right now. Okay. Um, so there is definitely an emphasis on groups right now. I, I wonder if that's in response. Have you looked at Nextdoor at all? Um, it's another community site. I don't know if you've yes. seen that at all. Yeah. I'm not sure yep. if that's in yep. response yep. to that because that site's growing quite a bit as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think for because not everyone is on Facebook and not everybody even wants to be a part of groups. Like I actually yeah. am, I join very I think I'm probably part of a lot of groups that I can't see because of the algorithm, mm -hmm. but I do don't, I find that I've been leaving groups because I don't want to be a part of so many things and get so many uh, notifications. So I think um, applications like Nextdoor are, are really great. It's a bit of an offline thing. I also find that it is more targeted to that specific neighborhood and the way that app is set up, um, it, it, feels more like a resource sharing kind of site yeah. mm -hmm. um, or app. So I, I, I think so. I think that um, there are different tactics out there for community building. And I think Facebook finally realized that, you know, groups are not just for antagonizing each other anymore, <laughs> sharing recipes, like, you yeah. know, there's so much more to it. And uh, I think Facebook is finally recognizing that. Mm -hmm. No, it's great. And for you and for other people that are growing groups on that base, it, it makes it a lot, mm -hmm. it just makes, it makes it a lot easier for your business. And I love how you approach it in a way that you're, you're taking responsibility for it. A lot of people just, mm -hmm. and I've done this before too. I just like put up a group cause it's so easy, but you really have to take responsibility for it. And I love the idea of you saying like you're the ambassador for the group, for the community. If you see yourself in that position, it just allows you to see the potential and also pay attention to what the audience needs. It's not just about yeah. you, you know, spewing out resources and uh, real estate information. It's about what are they looking for and how can I provide them with that guidance? 
That's exactly it. I think that's where the value is. is the value is in listening. You know, what are, what are um, residents, what's really griping them? Like what is bothering them? What's scary? What's dangerous about our neighborhood? What's really great about our neighborhood? You know, so that all of that tactical knowledge I can put into my listings and my community guides. And, you know, I am, I'm promoting people to come and live in my community. And Mm -hmm. for me, one of the reasons I started the group obviously was to farm the area. But when I was message, the messaging um, that I was sharing and what was really real about it is being a small group of buildings right beside a national land landmark Mm -hmm. um, has its own dynamics. You know, before when a concert would break out, the whole Rogers Center would walk through our backyard to get mm. to restaurants and public transit. And, you know, being on, on a high floor, I'm, I'm watching people doing all kinds of things down there. <laughs> They're trying to come into our buildings and use the washroom. And it just didn't mm. feel safe, you know, right. and um, being able to have a group where we could talk and, you know, share ideas and, maybe even, you know, call out things that were going on, you know, I was able to, at that time, um, I I was able to connect with the property managers. And now I've kind of laid off a little bit on them, because there's so much going on for them now. But before I was giving them more consistent feedback to say, hey, John, um, someone in the group posted that, you know, um, the back uh, steps are broken. You know, maybe that's something that's a, that's a public kind of area that no one would have noticed. So we can share that with them or, you know, there's something going on in the parking garage or the other day I came across like, you know, someone in the group was talking about a situation and we were able to have a dialogue about it. So I think in terms of, you know, building that credibility, but also for yourself, really knowing your area there's, mm-hmm. you get to know everything, you get to know what, what residents are saying. And then you can feed that back when it comes to your listings and giving um, suggestions mm-hmm. and advice. Um, mm-hmm. But also when you're inviting people to come live in the neighborhood, you feel so good about it, because you really have a comprehensive view of what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's so true. So as we wrap up, I want to know what is what are your big like, what are your plans? Like, what are your dreams for this next, like, let's say five, 10 years, like, what do you see for you and Elias, um, either within your career or outside of that? Well, you know, I've always said that you and Daniel are our career goals and our relationship (laughs) goals. So we always look to you. And I think um, building a team like you've been doing and the way that you've been building it is Mm. just incredible. But bringing on uh, more individuals um, that we can work with. And um, we definitely are enjoying working with families. We are Mm. working with downsizers, which is, you know, it's not easy. It's really, really not easy uh, working, like being a senior and moving from your home um, is it's really, really hard. And I think that we feel so um, fulfilled working with vulnerable people Um, who do have to make that move. So I think we're definitely, you're definitely going to see that from us. You're going to see our team growing. Um, You're going to see that, you know, we're working with people that we love working with and helping. And we actually, our inspiration for getting into real estate as a couple, as a family was that um, Elias's family, uh, Elias's uh, family has a 
has a, a t- an olive orchard back home in Tunisia. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we want to experience for not just on vacation, we want to be part of that olive oil production. Mm-hmm. So we would love that if we could spend a few months out of the year um, in Tunisia and, uh, you know, have a team that we're working with on site here and empowering other people to um, enjoy the work like we're enjoying it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, definitely in 10 years, we're going to be in an olive grove, in an olive grove somewhere That's pressing so olive nice. oil. Uh, but we definitely see us continuing on that community, uh, kind of community tip for a long time. Yeah, no, it, it just brings so much authentic, authenticity to your, to your business. And I love that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you and you're such Thank a great you. resource for everybody. I know if, if you want to reach out to Manira, um, how, how do, how do people reach out to you? Oh, Facebook, definitely. Yeah, uh, reach out that would make Facebook. sense, right? Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram. So uh, it's just my first name, last name at Manira Rabji on Instagram. Um, Munira Ravchi on Facebook, please add me. I'd love to be connected. Um, mm-hmm. I am, um, let me see. I, we also, we, we are a company as TO real estate group and that's something that we're going to be changing over the next couple of months and adding uh, a new dynamic to it, but definitely look out for TO real estate group and, and any of our Harborview estates, uh, groups, except for the resident group, unless you want to move <laughs> in. And I definitely want to talk to you if you do, um, <laughs> But, you know, there's lots of other ways that you can explore this awesome community and city place uh, as a whole. So definitely try our social media channels. Um, and if you have a question or if you want more information, you can DM us and we'll, we'll get back to you right away. Well, thank you again. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you. And well, I'm sure we'll be talking very soon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. Bye, guys. Thank- have a wonderful Bye. day. Yeah. Thank you. Level up, 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 level up,